Church, man, it's good to see you guys here today. Thanks, uh, thanks for showing up and being a part of our service. I want to welcome those who are watching online and those who are listening by way of radio. Thanks for showing up, man. Today, we're continuing our series, week two of Garage Sale. And if you weren't here for week one, I would always encourage you to jump back. You can always podcast, download, listen online, watch online. A lot of ways for you to keep up if you're unable to be here. And last week, just introduced this series. And what we're doing is just taking something that's really common to all of us, um, regardless of how you feel about it. Uh, because we know some people, man, they hate yard sales, don't like digging through anybody's junk. When they're done with their stuff, they throw it out. But some of us in this room, we know that you love a sale, but one man's trash is another man's treasure. And you're all about getting to a flea market or yard sale or garage sale. And so regardless of where you're at, kind of on that spectrum, what we've been talking about is just kind of some things that we can learn from scripture that we see kind of played out in yard sales and garage sales. And Today, I want to talk about kind of this next thing, because once you've dug all of your trash or treasure um, out of your basement or out of your shed or out of your attic and you get it out on the front lawn or get it into your garage, there's something else that still has to happen before you can actually have your sale. And you all know what that is? Price tags. You got to make sure that you sit down and, uh, and you price everything out. So as your customers move, move through, they know what you're asking for those items. And, you know, so we can go to Walmart or we can go to CVS or something like that. And they sell these these little pads of round stickers. And you got to walk through item to item, thing to thing and kind of look at that thing and think, hey, what, what is this worth? What, how much money can I get for this? And again, it's kind of funny. My wife and I, when we've had some yard sales in the past, we're on totally opposite sides of the uh, of the thing, because her thought is let's get as much money as we can for this. And my thought is I don't want to carry this in when it's over. So like a dollar, everything's a dollar. Like I'm walking around just putting like a dollar on my kid, just a dollar. And, you know, just because to try to get rid of it. But here's the thing. Listen, listen. So, again, as you get ready for a yard sale, you have to determine the value of that item. You have to determine what you think something is worth. And once you place that sticker, then that value has been determined. And, uh, and I know for me that this has happened not just in a yard sale, but literally has happened um, in my life. I've mentioned to you guys before that, again, I have two older brothers, three and four years older. And so, you know, got, often when I was young, I was hanging out with kids that were quite a bit older than I was. And uh, there was this one kid, his name was, um, was Donnie Malcolm. And he was kind of known for being kind of crass and crude and kind of the name caller. And, and, and I'll never forget this. When I was in fourth grade, uh, we were out actually one day playing football. And, um, and I'll never forget kind of the name that he gave me, kind of this, this thing that he tagged me with. And the name that he gave me was, was Crest Gel. Now, some of you guys may not know what that really means, but I'll tell you, Crest Gel, you all know Crest Toothpaste. So Crest, actually that year, kind of the thing on the commercials um, was Crest had come out with this new toothpaste, Crest Gel. And I, I can remember the commercial. Some of you guys might remember this. Uh, the commercial was this rescue vehicle coming onto the screen. And here's, here's, what the siren, here's what the siren sounded like on TV. Crest Gel, Crest Gel, Crest Gel. And these, these guys would climb out and they would have like these tubes of toothpaste. And in the commercial, they fought the cavity creeps. And so uh, some of you guys have gone through this phase. You know the awkward phase, like when you're kind of growing into your teeth? So I was kind of in that phase where maybe my teeth was too big for my head. I don't know. And they were pretty wide. And so, you know, everybody for like two years called me Crest Gel. And, you know, I'd see somebody, hey, man, how's it going, Steve? Good. How's the fight with the cavity creeps? You know, and man, it was just like, it made me really in my, in my mind, man, it hurt. It stung a little bit. And 
actually made me where I didn't want to smile. If I'm around people, I didn't want to smile because I became so self-conscious of what I thought people thought of me and what I thought I looked like to people. And, you know, so, man, I wore that for a couple of years and just, and just wrestled with that. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I know I'm not the only one. The same way, again, that we walk out and we place a value on an item, I've had value placed on me before. And I've believed that that's what my worth was. I believe that that's what my value was. And, and I have to believe that there are some of you in this room that, you know, that that's happened to you as well. What's the, what's the sticker that's been placed on your life? What's the value that's been given to you? Maybe by a parent or maybe by an employee or an employer, maybe by a neighborhood kid that was a punk. But, you know, we kind of go through life and people place value on us. People tell us what they think we're worth. And somewhere along the line, we start to believe it. We start to buy into it and we start to think, hey, we don't measure up. And, you know, someone comes along and tells us, hey, man, you're, you know, we sit in class and a teacher tells us, you know, you're stupid. Or a friend tells us, hey, you know, man, you're never going to amount to anything. You're never, man, you're never going to get out of school. You're never going to graduate. And if you graduate, you're never going to get to college. And if you do, man, you're just going to be a failure. And we buy that. We believe that. Some of you have grown up and, and uh, man, parents were just harsh to you or, or people who had some authority in your life, man. And you're just, you're here today, man. And you subconsciously, you've bought that and you've believed that. In all of us in this room, we've been subject to people putting price tags on us. And right now, as a culture, again, a lot of times, man, we wear this tag where we just feel like we're not enough, man. We're just, we're just ugly. Right? Nobody, if I could sit and talk to you, nobody in this room sits and, and says, hey, I, I'm enough. Everybody thinks, man, if I could just change my hair, if I could just change, you know, man, if I could just change the color of my eyes, if I could just change my body style. And man, we get from culture that, you know, we're just not enough unless you're like a size zero, unless you have abs of steel, like you're just not enough. And we buy that and we start to believe that we're less valuable, that we're not as good as other people around us. I was out with my, uh, with my son yesterday, we were out getting haircuts and um, while we were out driving around, he, we were having this conversation about the husky hair. What's the husky hair? Let me tell you about it. So <clears throat> there's a lot of people that have cool hair. And the cool hair is, is that hair that kind of when it grows, it just gets long and kind of folds over to the side and looks real good. And it's like, like this, flip it, like Pogue's got it, kind of he can flip it. Uh, I do this and my hair doesn't move. Uh, the husky hair doesn't get long, it gets big. It actually grows actually like this. <laughs> it actually increases in atmospheres. And so, so my son, you know, he's bummed out because he wants this kind of cool, uh, you know, um, dyed fried and laid to the side look you know he wants this kind of just hanging over and his hair is getting big and so we're talking about it. I said son let me just put this in perspective for you because he didn't feel like he was cool without the hair I said I said I know there's a lot of people that have that hair that you want and I said like uh, we're talking and I was like I know what you want like I said like Pastor Jason Pastor Jason's got that cool hair that's laid to the side and I was like he's like yeah like that I wish my hair was like that and I said let me just tell you something when Pastor Jason gets like 50 years old he's gonna be bald but Huskies, we're going to have a full head of hair. So don't you buy the lie, baby. You're good looking. <laughs> no offense, Pastor Jason. <laughs> but I want you to think about, listen, 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 listen. All of us in this room, we've been tagged. And we go through checkout lines and we look at magazines. And we measure up and we're not smart enough and we're not cute enough and we're not pretty enough. And we just, we're just not enough. We're not enough. We're, I'm not thin enough. I'm, not, I'm just not enough. 
And man, we buy the lie and we walk through this world and everybody, if I could cut you open and look at it, if it was a thing a doctor could pull out, there's something on the inside of all of us. It's like this poison that just, we just believe that we're not important, that we're not enough. And I just want to talk today for a few minutes about your true value because here's what I want to tell you today. If you don't know your worth, you'll give yourself away or you'll sell yourself cheap. If you don't really know how valuable you are, if you don't really know how special you are, if you don't really know that you are important, that you are somebody, if you don't know your value, you'll give yourself away or you'll sell yourself cheap. And we see it happen all the time in relationships, uh, especially, I don't know, I'm sure, I know it happens both ways, but especially with girls. And maybe you're here and this has been you. I know as, as a dad with two daughters, I want my daughters to know they're beautiful. I want to know that they're valuable. I want them to know that they're important. Because if they don't believe that about themselves, if they don't know that, then they're going to go give themselves away to some guy. They're going to go, they're going to think that they're not important. They're going to think they're not enough. And as, as a youth pastor, I dealt with this for a long time. For about 10 years, man, talking to young ladies who are out giving themselves away to guys. And man, I would talk to them and, you know, tell me what's going on. Why, why are you living this lifestyle? Why are you in this behavior? And little girls, man, weeping, knowing what they were doing was wrong, knowing what they were doing was, was not good. And you try to nail it down. Well, what's going on? Why do you feel like you got to be with this guy and he's treating you like garbage and he's walking on you? He's demanding things from you. Why? And they would just inevitably say the same thing. You know, I'm just afraid if, if I don't do this, he'll leave me. I'm just afraid. And what they were saying was this, like, he's all I can get. Like, they would never say it, but he's all I can get. And so I got to do whatever he wants. And I want you to know that if you think you have to give yourself away to somebody, if you believe you're not valuable, then you, something in you has to change. If you don't, and it's not just in relationships, it, it happens in, 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 our, in our careers. Like we buy the lie that we're just a minimum wage worker. We buy the lie that we're just always going to be at the bottom of the ladder. And if you don't believe that you're smart enough, if you don't believe you're good enough, if you don't believe that, that you have what it takes, you just believe that you're worthless. You just, and you'll give yourself away cheap. And today I want to talk about your true value because your true value isn't ugly. Your true value isn't stupid. My true value isn't Crest Gel. And just a disclaimer here, no one is allowed to use that phrase in reference to me ever out of today, <laughs> ever. So, you know, what, what does it look like? Well, let me just ask the question, who has the right? Here's a question I want you to think about. Who has the right to determine the value of an item? Is it just anybody? Can anybody just randomly look at an object and say what, it, what they think it's worth? Well, everybody has an opinion and people have had opinions about you. But there's really only two people that have a true right to determine the value of an item. First of all is the manufacturer. Because it's the manufacturer that knows what went into that item. It's the manufacturer that knows all of the labor, all of the resources, all the time that went into making that product or making that item. I just want to tell you today, I don't want to spend a lot of time here, but I want you to know about your manufacturer. Because your manufacturer wasn't time and evolution. Your manufacturer was the God of all creation, who the Bible says he knit you together in your mother's womb. He formed you together. The Bible says all the way in the beginning in Genesis that God took man and he formed him with his hands and he blew into him his own spirit. Listen to me, you're not a glob of cells. You didn't evolve over time. God made you, God created you. And when he made you, he was, listen to this, he thought you was good enough to make you in his image. He made you. You after him you're valuable says your manufacturer and not just the manufacturer but 
Today, really, these people are one and the same, but I want to talk about for a few minutes, actually, this person. The other person, I think, who has a right to determine the value of an item is not just the manufacturer, but it's the purchaser. Because no matter what anybody says an item is worth, until somebody puts up or shuts up, until someone actually puts the dollar on the line, that's when a person really says that something has value. In fact, in your notes, here's the fill in the blank today that I want you to know, I want you to own. Read this with me. The value of an item is determined by what someone is willing to pay. The real value of an item is determined by what someone is willing to pay. And so if you're here today and you're wrestling with believing you're important, if like you keep falling and struggling and messing up and like you're telling yourself, man, you're just a mess up, I'm just a screw up, I'll never amount to anything. If you keep buying the lie of the price and the value that other people have put on you or you've put on yourself, I want you to know today that you have a manufacturer who believes you're valuable. And I would just say today, more importantly than that, not just the manufacturer, but you have a purchaser who's put an amount on the line to let you know how special, how valuable, and how important every one of us in this room are. In fact, the Bible says it this way in Matthew chapter 20. Listen as it talks about our purchaser. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life, read it with me, a ransom for many. This is what Jesus came to do. Jesus said, listen, I've come to give my life as a ransom for yours. My life for your life. I don't know about you, but when I'm looking at God, I'm thinking he got the short end of the stick. When I'm thinking, wait, you gave what you had to take what I have, you lost. But I want you to know that God sees something in you. God knows really who you are. God knows your value better than anybody else ever could or ever would because he's the one who made you. He knows your purpose. He knows your destiny. He knows your ability. He knows everything there is to know about you. And for some of you, I want to say this, in spite of those things, you're valuable because you think you're not important. You think you're not valuable, but Jesus came to give it all. Now, there are some things, hear me again, that as we've gone kind of through life, people have paid some crazy amounts for stuff. Let me just give you a couple examples. These are things that have happened in, in some yard sales in the past, some, some items. Here's a lady. She actually went to a yard sale. Uh, she was actually a truck driver, 71-year-old truck driver, drove through a town, stopped at this yard sale, and seen this large painting and thought, that would be a great dartboard. And so she bought this dartboard for $5, took it home, hung it into her garage, and thankfully, before she had a chance to throw her first dart, a friend came over and thought she recognized this piece of work. And actually, she took it and got it, uh, got it valued, and it was worth a, lot, a little bit more than $5. It was actually a Jackson Pollock painting valued at $50 million. I know some of you are like, uh, can you hurry up, Pastor? I need to get to a yard sale. Like, how soon are we getting out of here? Here's another one. This wasn't at a yard sale. This, is, uh, this was actually left in a house. This is in Great Britain. Uh, a couple purchased a house. When they moved into this house, the previous owners had left several items laying around. And so they contacted the previous owners and said, hey, you left some knickknacks here, left some stuff. And they said, listen, we don't want it. You can just have it, do whatever you want with it. And so this vase particular was left on the mantle. And they thought it looked kind of neat. And so they took it and, and got it estimated. So again, paid nothing for it. It was free. Ended up being a Chinese, it's actually not a vase when it's worth this much, a Chinese vase worth $85 million. I know, right? Can you imagine? My parents are leaving me bills. They got an $85 million base. So 
Here's another one I thought was really kind of cool. This guy here is kind of a career photographer. It's a hobby of his. And so he goes from he goes from yard sale to yard sale, garage sale to garage sale, estate sale to estate sale. And he buys old cameras and old photos. And he came across a box at a specific yard sale just full of old negatives and uh, was flipping through them. Actually, the, the owner of the box of negatives asked for $70 and he was able to bid them down to $45 and got these box of negatives. Once he got them home, he, uh, he started finding some things, actually had them, had them checked out. Ansel Adams, some of you know who that is. He, uh, this is a box of Ansel Adams negatives. Some of his original pictures valued at $200 million. Here, here's what I want you to know. Listen, listen. Is, is, here's some people who had some objects who had put a price on it that wasn't accurate. And listen to me, every one of us in this room, and I don't mean just like when you were in junior high. I don't mean just, I mean every day of our life, we have people that put value on us that diminishes us and makes us hate ourselves or makes us despise ourselves at times, make us think like we're not enough. And we struggle with that and we wrestle with that. And there's a lot of you in this room, man, and your self-image is in the garbage because of all the price tags that people have put on your life. And I want you to know that, hear me, listen to me. You have to know your value. Unfortunately, these people didn't know what they had, but it didn't stop it from being valuable. And maybe to this point today, you've not known really who you are, but it has not stopped the reality that each and every one of you in this room, you are valuable. Look at this. In Colossians, the Bible tells us about our value. When the Bible says this, Colossians 1, verse 13. For he has rescued us. If it's okay this morning, I'm going to put myself in here and I would encourage you to do the same about what God has done. For God has rescued Steve from the kingdom of darkness and transferred Steve into his kingdom of his dear son. That's awesome. Watch this. Who purchased me, purchased my freedom and forgave my sin. What's this word right here? Purchase. Everybody shout purchase. What Jesus did for us on the cross of Calvary is he purchased us. The word that we find in scripture is this word redeemed. And what it means is this, is that every single one of us, we are a slave to sin. And and that might be new to you, or you may not really know what that means. We're going to talk about that for a few minutes, but you were in, you were, you were a slave and Jesus came and he made a decision and he looked at you and he said, I'm going to buy you. I'm going to pay the price for you to get you out of slavery. And that's what Jesus did. And what Jesus, what the price that he paid, listen, it wasn't a small price, baby. He paid everything he had to get you. He's seen the value in you that no one else ever has seen to this point, but he's seen the value in you that it was enough that he laid down his life for your life. He gave everything he had when he shed his blood on the cross of Calvary, because regardless of what anybody has ever said, you are valuable to your manufacturer. And to the one who paid the purchase price to make you his. And so just for a few minutes, I want to talk about this, uh, this price that was paid. And I want to talk more about why he did it. Because when Jesus, man, he made you, he made you for a reason. He made you to be in a relationship with him. When God made you, he made you really kind of to, to know what life, real life was about. And we can't do that when we're struggling with sin. We can't do that, man, when we're bound up by habits and attitudes. And we can't do that when we're, when we're held up and we're struggling with old things. We just can't have that life. And so Jesus came to redeem us. Jesus came to ransom you. Jesus came to purchase you so he could buy you out of sin. So he could make you, so you didn't weren't a slave anymore, so he could set you free. 
And in your notes, I'd encourage you to write these things down. Here's kind of the three things that Jesus did real quick is when Jesus bought you, when Jesus redeemed you, he redeemed you from the penalty of sin. Everybody say the penalty. Here's the penalty because we don't like penalties, but this is a penalty. Sin in our life, it ultimately kills us. And it kills us every day because when we walk in sin, when we walk in a, in a behavior, a lifestyle, a thought pattern that goes contrary to God and his will for our life, every day, man, we live a life less than his best for us. And so Jesus said, man, I don't want that in you. And so ultimately he made a way because where it leads ultimately is death. And he don't want to be separated from you. So Jesus paid the price. Romans chapter three says this. For everyone has sinned. Come on, read that with me. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. That's me, you, every person you've ever known falls short of God's standard. Yet God freely and graciously declares that we are righteous. Listen to me. Donnie Malcolm can take it and stick it where the sun don't shine because I'm not crest gel. God declares that I am righteous, that I am valuable. The word righteous means a right standard. That means everything we've ever tried to do to live at that standard that God has, we can't get there. We can't be good enough. We can't do enough good deeds. We can never get ourselves there. And so God looked at us because of what Jesus has done when he paid the price with his blood and he said, you are righteous. Yet God freely did it and graciously did it, declares, come on, read with me again, that we are righteous. Well, how did he do it? Next verse. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sin. Again, the penalty of our sin is death, not just now, living a life below what God has, but eternal death, being separated from God forever. Set us free from the penalty of death. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for our sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. Come on, can we just give God a great big thanks today? That come on, he's seen something in us that nobody else seen. That he's seen a value in us that maybe nobody else has ever seen. He said, I'm going to give it all for you. And not just the penalty of sin, again, which is separation from God. But here's a big one I think that we all need to talk about is that he set us free from the power of sin. And that's daily. So if that's already happened, the penalty of sin, it's already happened. It's in my past. Every day I wake up and I'm set free from that. But the power of sin, how many people here know here that we still struggle with old things? Anybody here still struggle with kind of old habits? Anybody here still struggle with old ways of thinking? Anybody here ever say, I'll never do that again, and you do it again? Anybody here ever say, this is the last Monday I'll ever do that until next Monday? Let me go over here. Anybody here say, this is the last time I'm ever going to pray about it? Listen, it's behind me, no more in Jesus' name, and then you're doing it again. Wave at me. Do you know why that is? Do you know why that is? It's because the power of sin is still working in us because we're in this earth. We're in this world. And it's kind of like those runners that hook themselves up to them like elastic straps and they run and they're like, and all of a sudden they, it's like you pull and you push and you want to do right and live right and think right and you want to honor God and like you're running. It just pulls you back. Jesus came through the sacrifice of his life he came because he seen value in you, that he wants us free from the power of sin, the grip of sin that holds us back. Listen, this is what the Bible says. Listen. Bring this up. 
He says, for you know, read this with me, that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life that you inherited from your ancestors. That means our old way of living. Next verse. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. God said, I I didn't just bring some gold out of heaven. God, this is the price that he paid for us. Next verse. It was the precious blood of Christ. Let me just leave that there. I want you just to look at it. Get your church eyes off it and look at it with real eyes. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. Romans 6 says it this way. Romans chapter 6, verse 6 says, We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ. Why? So that sin might lose its power. Listen to me. God wants sin to lose its power in your life, man. He really wants us to be free. Watch this. So that sin might lose its power in our lives, we are no longer slaves to sin. Verse 7. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. You know, um, so... Like, I'm just going to talk about this, and this is personal, and like, you know, this, this, is, this is, it's kind of a joke, but it's true. You know, I, I joke around with food, but like, it's, I'm serious. Like, I, through my life, God has really done some great things in my life, and I don't, I don't wrestle with drugs anymore. I'm not addicted to alcohol anymore. I'm not, you know, I don't walk around in violence anymore. So there's been a lot of things that God's done in my life, but like food, I don't, vi- maybe I'm just the only one, but um, like, I'm an emotional eater. And, and so I have two options. Since God sets me free from violence, like, I can either punch you or eat ice cream. And since eating ice cream won't get me in prison, uh, I, like, anybody ever just have a bad day and go eat? Don't raise your hand because I know there's some of you here. And so, um, you know, my wife and I, we've just been on this kick, you know, been trying to really eat much healthier and been working out and doing our thing. And so last Wednesday we left church and normally we even go home, go work out after church. So it's late, had a long day working, had a long day in service and we'll still hit the gym. And, and we're going home. She's like, do you want to go to the gym? And I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm kind of hungry. And like the word McDonald's popped in my head. And so I'm driving home and like I'm having, a, I'm having an argument in my mind on my way to McDonald's. And like the, ain't, the little uh, devil pops up and says, you'd like a Big Mac, wouldn't you? And the angel's like, you don't need no Big Mac. But I was like, I'm gonna get me a Big Mac. And so I went through and like I'm, t- I'm ordering and like in my mind, I'm like, you don't need this, don't get this. Don't do it, Steve. I, bought, I go home and Shauna's like, you don't need to eat that. Get a chicken breast. I'm like, if I eat another chicken breast, I'm going to start clucking. <laughs> so she's like, all right. So I ate it and then like I unbuttoned because you just got to do that because that's what McDonald's food does to you. And I was like, oh, I mean, I felt sick. And I'm like, why did I eat that? I wasn't even really that hungry. And like, it was just like this awful, like, why? Why? <laughs> And I'm just going to tell you guys, listen, maybe I'm the only one, but you like, I still wrestle. Like I don't wrestle with anger. I don't wrestle with violence. I don't wrestle with drugs, but I still wrestle. I still wrestle. Like sometimes I turn to a milkshake instead of Jesus. That's not good. (laughs) It's not right. Something's wrong. But you know what it is? It's always because McDonald's and they do this on purpose. They let one big fry drop all the way at the bottom of the bag. When you think you're done, there's one fry left. It's like manna from heaven. Just one more fry. So 
but here's the thing, like, I'm thinking, God, God doesn't want me to turn to food. God wants me to turn to him, and, like, I'm wrestling. So some of you are like, okay, Pastor, if you're telling us that God can set us free from the power of sin, but, like, you're telling me you still wrestle. I still wrestle, but hear me, there's things I used to wrestle with that I don't wrestle with anymore. I'm not who I used to be, and I've changed, not because I decided to change. I've changed because God and his power changed me. He made it possible through his blood, and what he's done for me, he can do for you, and what he wants to do for all of us is for us not to be hung up, stuck in old habits, old lifestyles, old ways of thinking God doesn't want us to wear an old price tag God wants to wear a new price tag that we are valuable important that we are purchased bought with a price but we're redeemed we belong to him because of what he's done so so the penalty of sin is that we're separated from God forever Jesus he squashed that by redeeming us he bought us out he paid the price in the power of sin because of Jesus working our life day by day he wants us to get free if you're here you're struggling If you're here today and you're bound up, if you're here today, man, there's this thing like you just can't break free from. I want you to just know what the enemy's saying is he's like, see, you're worthless. See, I told you you couldn't do it. And we just start believing that. And we got to stop buying the lie of the enemy and start believing the truth of God's word. I'm telling you, the devil didn't pay anything for us. Jesus put his price on the line to demonstrate your value that it could never be questioned. If you ever wonder, am I valuable? Am I important? Am I love? All you have to do is look back over your shoulder 2,000 years ago. There's a bloodstained cross where the Savior of the world died for you because you're valuable. And not just the penalty of sin and not just the power of sin, but ultimately the presence of sin. I don't know about you guys, but man, this world, there's just sometimes I look at this world, I'm like, I'm done. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm sick of this world. I'm so sick of the flag, this, this whole thing. I don't care where you stand. I don't care if you got a truck that's 18 foot tall with 15 Confederate flags. I don't care if you hate the flag and think they should all be torn down. Like, I'm so sick of it. Are you kidding me? We're divided as a nation over a piece of cloth. Now, listen, don't, don't, please don't write me and, and tell me your side of it and why you feel as passionate. I don't care. I don't care about the history of it. I don't care what you think it represents or they think it represents or we represent. It's a piece of cloth. And people are fighting in the streets over it. And people walking into buildings and murdering our servicemen. I'm so tired of turning on the news. I'm, so, I'm just tired of it. I don't care about Caitlyn Jenner or Bruce Jenner. I don't, listen, I don't care where you stand on it. I'm just tired of it. But listen, listen, listen. There's coming a time. This is ultimately what Jesus died for. He said, you're valuable enough, not just for me to place value on you while you're here, but to place value on you so I can pull you out of this broken, messed up world. And Jesus ultimately died to set us free from the presence of sin. There is a time coming. I don't know if there's going to be newspapers in heaven, internet in heaven. I don't know. But if there is, we'll never open a newspaper again. We'll never open up. Fox News, MSN News, or whoever you watch, and never see another murder, another rape, another violence, another war. We'll never see it again. Here's what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, or Hebrews chapter 9, it says this referring to Christ, there's a comparison between the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, there was a priest, a man, who walked into the tabernacle, a physical building, and killed an animal as a blood sacrifice. And they had to do that every day, every day, every year was a day of atonement. And God said, listen, that's not the answer. The answer is one final sacrifice. 
one final sacrifice for all mankind. And this is what the writer of Hebrews is referring to. So Christ, come on, read this with me. Everybody shout this. So Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered into that greater, more perfect temple in heaven, which was not made by human hands. This is not part of this created world. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and a calf, he entered the most holy place once for all time, read it, and secured our redemption. How long? Forever. Come on, say that. How long? Forever. So that's what he's done. He paid a price. Do you know why he paid it? You got to buy this today. You got to hear this because you're valuable. All the people who've tagged you and told you your worth and diminished your value because they don't see the real you. But the one who made you is the one who saved you, who didn't give some and didn't pay part, but gave everything he had to purchase you and redeem you and make you his own. Reminds me of a story. I found this. This is actually kind of weird. I, I actually just typed in the word ransom, just thinking about studying this word ransom. And I, I thought like ransom was, just, that was just ransoms and people getting kidnapped. I thought that was just something on the movies. Like, do you know people, this is true, people still get kidnapped today. There are still ransoms paid every day all over this world for people who are kidnapped. I was kind of just shocked by that. And so I just started looking up and I thought, what's some large, large ransom amounts paid for people? I actually found a couple websites that list the top 20 ransoms, top 10. This was number one. This guy, you may not recognize him. His name is Victor Lee, uh, kind of an unassuming guy. Um, Victor Lee in 1996 walked out of his dad's apartment in Hong Kong and he was kidnapped by a guy. His criminal name was Big Spender. Not my wife, but Big Spender, this <laughs> criminal. And uh, kidnapped Victor Lee, threw him into his car, actually took him to Victor's apartment and held him captive, wrote a note to his father. His father, um, you've probably never heard of him either, but he is one of the wealthiest men still today in the world, wrote his dad a, ran a ransom note, actually showed up to his apartment boldly, showed up to his apartment, didn't have a drop-off point, showed up at his dad's apartment to collect, um, to collect the ransom. And this is actually the, the dialogue. I've read some articles afterwards. This is actually the dialogue. This is what was said. When he got there, Victor's dad had $1 billion. It was Hong Kong dollars, which is about $138 million in American money, had a billion Hong Kong dollars on hand. Let me just tell you, if you've got a billion dollars in your house, you're doing okay. Like you're probably in the top 5% somewhere in there. And so here's what happened. Listen, he, when, he came, when he showed up to demand the money, this is what he told me. He said, there's only cash for a billion dollars. But he told the kidnapper, he said, if you need, I can go to the bank and withdraw the rest. And Big Spender just wanted the cash, so he took the cash, actually ended up letting his son go. And in interviews afterwards, when they were interviewing Victor Lee and interviewing his dad about the whole process, his dad actually said this. They interviewed his dad, and his dad actually said this on camera. He said, I would have given all I had to get my son back. And I thought, I'm sure he would have. I mean, he gave up everything he had in hand. But listen, there's somebody who doesn't talk about it. There's somebody who did it, who gave all they had. And we talk about this verse and people hold it up in sports stadium, but it's my verse and it's your verse. It shows you your worth. For God so loved you and 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 you. For God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, if you would believe in him, believe 
that he paid a price for you because you're valuable. You wouldn't perish. You wouldn't suffer the penalty of sin, the power of sin, or the presence of sin, but you'll have everlasting life. God loves you, and you're valuable. And today I thought no better way for us to declare that than to sing that song, Amazing Grace. Can we jump to our feet? Man, and if you're here, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you renew our hearts and our minds as we sing this song. I pray every price tag that you've been tagged with, I pray every value that you've carried that's a lie, I pray would fall off of you. I pray everything, every adult, every, every coworker, every employee, every employer, every, every parent, everything anybody's ever said to you to diminish you, everything culture shouted at you to say that you're, not, that you're not skinny enough, you're not good enough, that you just don't have it, I pray those things would fall off of you because your purchaser paid a price and he has a right to say you're valuable. Come on, let's sing this together. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. T'was grace that taught my Listen, man, my, my prayer and my hope for you is you walk out of here today with just a new mind and a new heart and who you are in Christ. And 
Man, I just hope really, man, you wear that sticker with pride. I don't, you don't think it's cheesy, man. You are loved. You are valuable. You are important. You're somebody because Christ said so. So listen, as you head out of here, if you're a first-time guest, we're so glad that you're here today. If you'll stop by our connect room, love to put a gift in your hand if you need prayer. Stop by our prayer and care room. We're asking everybody, though, hear me. As you're headed out the door, there are some serve booklets. And uh, next week, we're going to make in a pool. Every year, we ask a lot of people, ask everybody, Faith Church is your home, to find a place where you can serve. And that booklet will let you know about all the ministry opportunities we have available. Take one of those with you. Pray about it. Look through it this coming week. Come back next week ready to make maybe a step in that direction to getting plugged in. So grab a serve booklet. We'll see you guys next Sunday. God bless you.